Hey everyone, welcome to another very special episode of Lunch Therapy. I'm your host, unlicensed lunch therapist, Adam Roberts. Well, last week I told you how to put together a dinner party. I called the episode Anatomy of a Dinner Party, and I got a lot of nice messages from people who said they found it useful, they learned something, and so I thought I would go again and just sort of give you another set of lessons this week I want to teach you how to make an apple pie. Now, I know when I first started cooking, there was nothing that intimidated me more than the idea of making a pie. And I had good reason to be afraid because it's very easy to screw up a pie. And if you go into the archives of my blog, in case you don't know, I I had a food blog or have a food blog called The Amateur Gourmet, which I started in 2004. And if you go in there and search pie, you can go into the archives and you will see some true fiascos where... The rolling out of the dough, like would, everything would fall apart, and I, I think I have one called like patched together rhubarb pie, where the dough was in like eighteen different pieces, and I just plumped it all in there, um, and everything always came out. That's the thing about pie that you should know first and foremost is that if you get a dough basically and shove it into a pan and put some fruit in it and put some more dough on top and bake it, you'll probably have a pie. So the question is, how do you make a good pie? And I've been very fortunate because my husband, Craig, comes from a pie family and his parents, um, specifically his father, actually, Steve, makes an incredible apple pie, although Julie, Craig's mother, also helps. They do it together, but Steve is the one who taught me, which is why I'm giving more credit to Steve. Julie, if you're listening, you also deserve some credit. Julie's more of the the, um, crimper and assemblier of the pie. Steve is more of the um, dough maker, rolling out person, and apple pie filler. So if you have never made an apple pie before or any kind of pie, you're probably wondering, well, what is a pie? How do I make a pie? Like, what's the idea behind it? Well, the idea behind a pie is you're taking very cold butter or fat. You can use butter. You can use shortening. You can use lard even. I've done it with lard that I got from the Union Square Farmer's Market once, and that's its own thing. But I love making a butter pie crust, all butter. Shortening makes it a little bit easier because it just is a little bit more flexible, but butter has the best flavor. And basically a pie is where you take cold butter, work it into flour so the fat gets infused into the flour, and then you basically make a dough by wetting, wetting that just enough so it comes together. A very wet dough will make a tough crust. And then you pat that together, make it into a thing, a disc, and then you roll that out. You fill it with fruit and you put a pie crust on top. And basically what it is, is it's like a, it's a flaky, buttery pastry that's encasing a burbling, juicy, but not too wet pie filling. I mean, we've all had pie, but I think just talking about what a pie is, is is important when we talk about what we want from a pie and why we want certain things from a pie. So the goal with a pie is for the crust to be flaky and its own feature. I mean, a lot of people like the pie filling. When you think of apple pie, you probably think of the apples more than you think of the crust, but the crust is where the true technique comes in. And there's a million different ways to go about it. So I'm going to talk you through how I make a pie crust based on my own methodology after studying Steve doing it and then trying it a million different ways. So before I get into my recipe, which you'll want to have a pen for this because this is the recipe that I have actually taped to my refrigerator or not taped, I have a magnet holding it up. I wrote out this recipe in a Sharpie on a piece of computer paper and it's been hanging on my fridge for at least five years, maybe six years. And now anytime I make a pie, whether it's the peach pie I made this summer, which 
earned raves or the um, rhubarb, strawberry rhubarb pie that I made that my friends still talk about, they all have the same crust. Okay, I'll just tell you that recipe now and then I'll get to my little rant about butter. So here's the recipe for my basic pie crust. I don't remember where I got this. I'm sure there's a source, but it's been forever since I wrote it down. So the recipe, two and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one tablespoon sugar, one teaspoon salt, two sticks of butter cut into cubes, more on that in a second, and one half to three quarters a cup of ice water. One more time. Two and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one tablespoon granulated sugar, one teaspoon kosher salt, two sticks of very cold butter cut into cubes, unsalted butter ideally, and then one half to three quarters a cup of ice water. Okay. So what's my rant? My rant, my friends, is about the butter. Now, I when I have screwed pie dough up in the past, it's almost always been because of the butter. Now, there are certain things that people will tell you when you watch them on TV that you will ignore at the beginning because you'll think, that sounds annoying. I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm in a rush. I've got a family to feed. I want a pie right now. Pie is not something you should make if you're craving for something right that instant. Pie not only takes an hour in terms of chilling the dough and then another hour or two to bake and then another two hours to let it cool, but it rewards slow going. It's like if you rush a pie, it's not going to be as good as if you take your time. So pie is more of a weekend activity rather than an after work activity, something to think about. But what I was going to say is that whenever I watch somebody make a pie on TV or I read somebody's pie instructions, they always say, keep everything cold. Keep your butter cold. You can even put your rolling pin in the freezer. You can use a piece of marble to roll it out on so it stays chilled. And I have to say all of my screw-ups at the beginning, all of my famous mistakes all happened because I used butter that had come to room temperature or that was getting a little tacky. And that's when you have a disaster because once the butter starts to melt a little or get gooey, then you start to get this dough that sticks to the counter, that sticks to the rolling pin, and it makes for a crust that's not very good because... The science of this, and I'm not a scientist, is that the cold butter, when you work it into the flour, which we'll get into in a second, is basically, it's the same idea as puff pastry or a croissant dough, where the butter, when it's cold and layered in between the other parts of the dough, creates space. So... If you have very cold butter in your pie dough, when it goes into the oven, that butter is going to melt and leave a pocket. And that pocket of air is what gives it height and gives it flakiness because it's all that space. Think about a croissant. When you tear into a croissant, there's all those layers and layers and layers. And that's all the same idea. That was all created because cold butter was folded into the dough and folded in and rolled out and folded in and rolled out. So that's the idea with pie dough. You want to get very cold butter and work it into your flour. So when I talk about cold butter, here's what I've been doing lately. I get two sticks of butter. I use Horizon um, organic unsalted butter. But in my cooking, I I have to say I've never gone wrong using a, a higher fat butter. Although with pie, it may not make a difference. With cookies, it makes a difference. But for me, I like Horizon. You can use Land O'Lakes. You can use anything. And also, some people even say you can use salted butter instead of unsalted butter. The only difference being that you can control the amount of salt if you use unsalted butter. So I take my two sticks of butter and I use a chef's knife and I cut them in half lengthwise and then I cut them in half lengthwise again. So I have four equally sized sticks and then I cut those into cubes and then I put those on a plate and put those in the freezer. And while those are in the freezer, I go about putting the rest of the ingredients in the food processor. 
Now, here's the next question. Food processor versus doing it by hand. And I'm friends, I'm lucky enough to be friends with Nicole Rucker, who owns Fat and Flour in the Grand Central Market. And she is a pie guru. She is a blue ribbon winner. She's won Best Pie like three different times. And Jonathan Gold had awarded, awarded, awarded her Best Pie. And she has a book called Dappled, which I highly recommend, where she walks you through her pie making technique, which she does by hand. More on that in a second. I, for most of my pie making life, have used a food processor. And the reason that I like a food processor is it comes together quickly um, and that the butter, when you work the butter into the flour, you're not heating it up as much as if you'd used your fingers. But again, more on that in a second. So what I do is I put the two and a half cups flour, the one tablespoon sugar, the one teaspoon of salt into the food processor. I put the lid on and I pulse a couple of times. Then I go into the freezer and the butter should be very, very cold. I think I've emphasized that, but again, very, very cold. If it's still a little tacky or it seems a little moist or, you know, wet, don't use it yet. Just let it be cold, distinct cubes of butter. Okay, and then put that butter into the food processor with the flour. And I like to toss it a little bit with my fingers just to start getting it coated. And then you put the lid back on and you start to pulse But the goal here is just to work it in enough so that the flour starts to look a little bit like wet sand, but you still have big pieces of butter. Um, So you want like pea-sized chunks, pieces of butter that are coated in flour. So that's what you should get to. It's probably like four or five to six pulses, but just pulse, pulse, pulse. And here's the confusing part. Here's where you're going to add the cold, very cold water. Again, you want ice water through the feeding tube. The goal here, and I always screw up here because a really good pie maker will add just enough water so that when you lift the lid off after pulsing it a couple of times and you grab a fistful or like a fingerful of the dough, it holds together. But whenever I add just a little bit of water as you're supposed to, I take the lid off. And even though it holds together, it still looks too sandy for me. And I'm always a little freaked out that it's not going to come together. So what I tend to do is add a little bit more than maybe I should, but not so much that it comes together in a ball in a food processor. If it comes together as a ball in the food processor, you're going to basically have a tough dough. So I try to find a middle ground where I add usually like between half a cup and three quarters a cup, as the recipe says. So just keep adding a little bit, pulse, add a little bit, pulse. And when it's when, when it actually looks a little bit noticeably damp, but not very wet, and it doesn't come together, that's when I dump it onto a floured board, like a cutting board. I usually use the back of a big plastic one, although a piece of marble would be incredible. And then I basically dump this dough, which is still kind of wet, sandy. It's not, it's not a cohesive dough yet. It's all sandy pieces onto this floured board. And then I use a bench scraper, which is a great tool for this, and I bring it all together. And one thing I've learned over the years is the idea of frisage, which if you listen to my interview with Cheryl Day uh, from back in the day bakery in, in, Athen- in I'm sorry, Savannah, Georgia, we talked about frisage. And frisage, it sounds like massage, and that's exactly what you're doing. You're basically, when you get this wet dough or this kind of sandy dough on the board, you kind of bring it together with your bench scraper into a square, and then I take the heel of my hand and I mush it out on the left side, I mush it out on the, le- on the middle side, and I mush it out on the right side. And then I bring it back together with the bench scraper, make it into a square again, and I do it again. And basically what you're trying to do here is bring the dough together without warming up the butter. And that was the key thing that I had to learn, that 
in manipulating the dough and in playing with your pie dough, it's okay to work it a little bit as long as you don't warm up the butter. I know I'm repetitive. I keep saying the same thing. That's the most important thing. So if you're nervous about all this, don't be, I'm, I'm creating a lot of stipulations and giving you a lot of things to think about. But the most important thing is just add enough water so that the dough is moist enough that it holds together and then put it on a board and basically don't be afraid to work it a little bit by massaging it out and then bringing it together. And ultimately, you want it to become a large disc, which you will cut in half with a bench scraper and then form into two discs. And once you've done that, and you might need to use some flour, by the way. You might have to sprinkle with flour to help that come together. And once you have those discs, you'll use plastic wrap to wrap them up, and you'll refrigerate for an hour. Now, I'm going to hit rewind for a second because way back when I was talking about using the food processor, I said I would get to the other way, which is doing it by hand. Now, Nicole Rucker's technique is basically very similar to my technique in that you do ultimately bring it together. I think she has frissage. I think you do it on a board. The only difference is when she works her butter into the flour, she's using her fingers. And recently, I think it was with my peach pie that I made, I did just that. I decided to do the finger technique. And once again, here I go, broken record. You don't want to warm up your butter, but you can still use your fingers as long as your hands are cold and you can run them under cold water first and dry them off. And you do it pretty quickly. You can basically take those cubes of butter that we cubed earlier and put them into the flour mixture into a bowl and then use your fingers to kind of pinch them and toss and pinch and toss and kind of do it again until you have big pieces. But the difference between doing that and doing it in the food processor is when you add your water here, you are actually not chopping it up any further. So if you think about it, that blade in the food processor keeps chopping up the butter even when you add the water. So you don't retain those big pea-sized pieces. Whereas if you do it with your fingers, you'll still get those big pieces, which again creates a flakier dough. So if you're feeling bold, do the two sticks of butter in cubes, keep them in the freezer, then put them in the bowl and start to pinch them into the flour. And what I did when I made the peach pie, and I actually don't remember if this is Nicole's technique, so you'll have to get the book dappled. I... um. I added the water to the bowl and started working together and I did some frissaging in the bowl so that by the time it came out onto the board, it was already started hanging together and then I just made two discs. And I, again, like, don't be afraid to work the dough a little bit to get them into discs. It's like, you don't have to be so delicate as long, again, as you don't warm up the butter. Okay, so now you've got your two discs of dough and I think it's very important here when you form those discs, be very aware that if cracks are forming or it looks like it's falling apart, that you should absolutely smush it together again and form it again because you want a solid disc of dough to roll out later. If it looks cracked or it looks like it's falling apart, it will not roll out that easily later. So wrap that, wrap, wrap that up in plastic, put that in the fridge, and then preheat your oven to 425. You want it to get up to 425 over the next hour. Um, because sometimes it takes ovens a while to regulate or to get to the right temperature. And about, let's say, 45 minutes into that hour, we can start prepping our apples. Okay, so here's the question. Apples, it's an apple pie. What kind of apples do you use in an apple pie? Now, Steve, my pie guru, uses Granny Smith. And Granny Smith are great for a pie because they are very tart and they're also very firm. So you'll get tart, firm apples that will hold up in the pie. And it's very traditional. It's very classic. If you want to make an all-American pie, that's the one I would do. 
However, there are other pie gurus, including, I think her name is Kate McDermott. I'm going to Google that. Kate McDermott pie. Yep. She wrote pie camp. And Kate McDermott's philosophy is to use as many different varieties of apples as you can get. And that's what I like to do. I actually enjoy doing that because it, it feels like an exciting mix that you'll never know quite how the flavors are going to play out. So if I go to the grocery store or more aptly, if I go to the farmer's market, not aptly, but more ideally, that's the word. Ideally, I will look for as many varieties of apples as I can find. One of the most prized apples for this is called the Arkansas Black Apple, which started appearing in LA a couple of years ago. And I remember the LA Times wrote an article about it. And it's sort of a firm red apple that's perfect for baking. And it, apparently, like it has all these flavors in it. I mean, I wouldn't know because I always mix it with other apples. But Arkansas Black is great. I also kind of, I think mixing that with, with Granny Smith, look for some Fuji's, Honey Crisps, pink ladies. I don't think you can go wrong in this department. Just get try to get seven to eight different apples. And if you get seven to eight different apples, then the next step is peeling them. And I learned a great technique watching America's Test Kitchen, or maybe it was Cook's Country, which is going to seem wasteful, but it goes so fast. And now I can't think of another way to do it, which is basically slice the top off your apple and slice the bottom off of your apple, and then use your peeler and peel straight down as you rotate. And as opposed to doing the grandmother thing where you take your peeler and go rotate around the apple and make that perfect snake-like thing, which by the way, if you enjoy doing that, by all means, do that. For me, the speed of slicing the top off, slicing the bottom off, and then slicing, and then peeling, peeling, peeling down is amazing. You could have seven or eight apples peeled in maybe five minutes. And once you do that, the other America's Test Kitchen or Cook's Country technique, I don't remember which show it was, is to instead of coring the apple, to just slice around the core. So you take your knife and you slice around the core until you have four big fat wedges and then cut those into fat wedges of apple, maybe like half to an inch size wedges. And you're basically going to do that with all the apples and then fill a bowl. You should have a hefty bowl of apple wedges. And to that, and this is Steve's recipe, he adds a cup of sugar. Sometimes if I don't want it so sweet, I'll add three quarters a cup of sugar, but don't skimp too much on the sugar because the sugar is like making jam. It's what allows the, the filling to kind of set up. So if you cut too much on the sugar, you'll end up with a really runny pie. So if you want to do Steve's recipe, which is a good place to start, do one cup sugar, one third of a cup flour, one tablespoon. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry. One tablespoon of cinnamon. I didn't write down cinnamon, but I just remembered. One tablespoon cinnamon, half a teaspoon of nutmeg, and please use freshly grated nutmeg. It's one of the things that drives me crazy about Ina Garten, which is that she uses pre-ground nutmeg. And it's shocking for somebody who prizes herself or prides herself on her not store-bought ingredients. Um, although she sometimes says store-bought is okay. But, but grated nutmeg is so much better when you grate it yourself. And a pinch of salt. So once again, you want six to seven apples, one cup of sugar, one third of a cup of flour, one tablespoon of cinnamon, half a teaspoon of nutmeg, and a pinch of salt. And if you feel like it, you could also throw in a pinch of cloves, ground up cloves. And allspice is also a nice spice here. And ginger too. So if you want to play around, those are all good things to add. So toss all that together, set that aside. Oh, the other thing that Ina puts in her pie, which I love, is orange zest and lemon zest. And sometimes she does lemon juice, which has pectin in it and will help the pie set up. So if you want to do that, you can do it too. The filling is sort of loosey-goosey in that way. You could also add candied ginger if you want to chop that up. That's a great thing to add. You can play around a little bit, but start off with the basic and then, then expand your horizons. All right, now for the big kahuna, rolling out the dough. 
Rolling out pie dough is one of the more intimidating things you'll do in the kitchen. And I once tweeted and got some nice responses when I tweeted, pie, pie, ugh, my voice cracked, pie dough can smell fear. Now, what do I mean by that? It's If you're timid with your pie dough, good luck to you because it will fall apart, it will stretch, it will bend, it will do all kinds of terrible things and crack. You don't want that. So here's what you got to do. Dust your board, get out the pie dough, that w- which you've squished together so that it's a really solid disc, that it looks very rollable when you have it on there. So put it on your board, dust it with flour, dust your rolling pin with flour, and then whack it. That's right, whack it, and then rotate it, and whack it again, rotate it, whack it again. You're basically flattening it to make it more rollable. So, once again, you put the, the thing on your cutting board, take the plastic off, whack it, rotate, whack it, rotate, whack it. And then you want to dust it again with flour. Dust, keep, keep things dusted with flour, including underneath the pie dough, because you don't want anything to stick. And then basically from the center of the dough, I use a, a rolling pin that has no handles. It's just a thick dowel. And you basically want to press down on the center of the dough and push out, rotate, um, let's say, a, a quarter of it. A quarter? What, what's it like? like? 45 degrees. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, 90 degrees would be, yeah. 45 degrees and then push out from the center again, rotate 45 degrees again, push out from the center. So that's the best way to get the dough to stay in a circle. Keep in mind, if you don't form a perfect circle, it's totally fine because it's that the exterior of the dough is going to get cut away later. So you want to keep doing this. You want to keep dusting with flour, pushing out from the center, rotating 45 degrees, pushing out from the center until you have a thin sheet of pie dough. Let's say at least between 10 and 12 inches. And if you have a ruler, that's great. Because basically, the more pie dough you have to work with, the easier it will be in the next step when you kind of pinch everything together and crimp it. Okay. So you rolled out that first piece of pie dough, you dusted it with flour, you dusted underneath, and you made sure as it was going that you could lift it up and that it's not sticking to the board. Because now, what I like to do is I either roll it onto the rolling pin and then roll into the pie dish, which by the way, you want a nine dish nine inch pie dish. I use a glass one. Um, You can use whichever one you want. And I put the pie dish, by the way, on a foil lined cookie sheet because this pie dough will leak as it cooks or the pie will leak as it cooks. And you don't want that to fall onto the bottom of your oven and start set off your smoke detector. So you rolled out that first pie dough, you put that into the pie dish and then you pour in your filling. And then you're going to take out your second disc of pie dough and do exactly the same thing. You're going to whack it, rotate, whack it, rotate, dust with flour, dust with flour, push out from the center, rotate 45 degrees, push out from the center, keep going, keep going, keep going until it looks like the one you rolled out earlier, and then you're going to drape that over the top of the pie. Now, here's where I always screw up, and I wish I was better at this, but I think I'm starting to understand the concept. These two pieces, the under pie, the the pie dough that's in the pan and the one that you laid on top are now how you're going to make it look pretty. So what you want to do is pinch them together and ideally you've left enough so you can pinch them. And I don't always do this. Sometimes I forget and I cut them or I, I don't know. I don't think this through all the way. So you want to pinch them together and then use a pair of scissors and cut so that you're leaving like a one inch overhang all around. 
So you use your scissors, cut, 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 make, leave a one inch overhang all around. It should be all pinched together. And then you want to fold that over. And by the way, you could probably watch a pie dough tutorial or a pie tutorial on YouTube, which will make this more visual. I just wanted to talk you through it so that it was felt less intimidating to you. I hope this is making it less intimidating. So you fold it over, fold it over. And then here's where you pinch again. And then you crimp. And crimping is basically where you take your index finger and your thumb in your left hand and you take your index finger and thumb in your right hand. You form the letter C in your left hand and you form it backwards C in your right hand and you use those fingers and your thumbs to kind of create an indentation as you go throughout. So that's what I've never done perfectly, but I'm getting better at it. And it doesn't really matter as long as you kind of pinch everything together so it holds together. You could, by the way, you don't even have to crimp. You could just fold over the pinched together dough and just leave it like that and it will be rustic. At this point, it's all about how pretty you want your pie to be. Sometimes people take leftover pie dough, the stuff you cut off, roll it back out and cut out leaves with a, with a cookie cutter or cut out a snowman, whatever you want to cut out. I don't do that. What I do, and you have to do this part, is I cut three slits into the top of the pie to let out steam. And then I make an egg wash. And it's as simple as taking an egg and beating it in a little bowl. And then I add like a little bit of water, maybe like a tablespoon of water, beep, beep, beep. And then I brush that all over the pie. And that's important because that will make your pie turn brown later. And you should have a pastry brush for this, which is a great tool to have. You want to brush it all over the top, all over the, the rim. And then I basically bought turbinado sugar at the grocery store last year when I was making some kind of Christmas cookie. And now I use it on every pie that I make. I just sprinkle it with turbinado sugar, a generous sprinkling. And turbinado sugar is basically sugar in the raw. So if you want to be a cheapskate, just go to your favorite coffee shop, steal some packets of sugar in the raw, steal it from Starbucks. That's totally fine. And then just sprinkle that over the dough. And what's great about that is it stays sparkly and pretty when it comes out of the oven. So now you have your oven at 425. You have your dough. I'm sorry. You have your pie ready to go. You now stick it into the oven and you bake it for 25 minutes, then you lower the temperature to 375 and you bake it for another 30 minutes. Now that's according to Steve's recipe. And I'm gonna look right now because I feel like that's not that enough time. Yeah, I think 375 for 30 to 40 minutes more. That's what I would do. So I think you're, you wanna cook the pie a total of at least one hour. Um, an important thing that a lot of pie gurus will tell you is that you want to make sure it's cooked all the way through on the bottom. So if you have a glass pie dish, use an oven mitt, lift it up. It should be a little brown on the bottom. But basically the way that you know your pie is done is two things. One, it will be golden brown all over. You want, you want that color. So if it doesn't have that color, keep baking it. And the other thing, the more important thing, is that the juices inside the pie, which you can see through the slits in the top, should be bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And that's how you know that the flour is getting cooked and the, everything is thickening. Um, so if you're, everything is bubbling, everything is brown, and your apartment or house will smell amazing, you take it out of the oven and then you leave it on the counter or leave it on a on a stovetop to cool for at least two hours. This is where if your son or daughter is a Tom Sawyer type, keep them away from your pie. If, or if you have a cat, keep them away from your pie. My dog wouldn't eat my pie. I don't know. He's just very trustworthy like that. So you let it cool for two hours. I usually clean up at this point because that's, that's how I get through the waiting period. And then to serve, if you want to warm it back up, you can put it back in like a 250 oven to get it warm again. 
and then you must serve it with vanilla ice cream. It's sort of a prerequisite for apple pie. And um, that's about it. So these techniques work not just for apple pie. They work for all other kinds of pies. You can do a cherry pie in the summer or a rhubarb stra- strawberry rhubarb pie in the spring. You can do a pecan pie, although that's a little different because you have to do a blind bake. So don't, don't think about pecan pie. That's its own thing. But I hope I've inspired you to give an apple pie a go. And if you do, please tag me in Instagram at uh, Amateur Gourmet with pictures of your finished pie because I want to see what it, what it looks like. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's bonus episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a little review on Apple Podcasts. That always, you know, helps things along. And I'll see you back here on Tuesday for, I'm sorry, on Monday for another episode of Lunch Therapy. Have a great weekend.